the sounds of a city waking up. The call of the birds, the roar of the traffic, the unmistakable clank of construction. More than 50% of the world's population live in cities. Is that sustainable? Can humans and nature learn to live together better in the future than we have in the past? The Live Well Sustainability podcast is an initiative of Willoughby City Council and will explore some of the problems and solutions that urban living creates for the long-term future of people and the planet. On this episode, we're going to be talking about clothes and fashion with eco-stylist and Red Cross ambassador, Alex Van Oss. We all wear clothes, but the majority of us give little thought to where they come from or how they impact the environment, right from the production of the base materials up until the end of a garment's life. Op shops, they're getting inundated with clothing that they cannot sell. And then they have to spend millions of dollars every year try and direct it elsewhere. The clothing and fashion business is global and lucrative. Some estimates putting the garment industry as high in the manufacturing world as third behind only cars and technology. But it is an industry not without downsides. Concerns range from water usage right through to issues around synthetics and the microfibers they shed into water systems through washing. Textile dyeing is one of the world's biggest polluters. And then there are, of course, human issues around child labour, people trafficking within the industry and the conditions many are forced to work under. They're made in in factories with thousands of garment workers who are underpaid, who have no rights, and they are having to work 12 to 15 hours every single day, sleep on the floor. They don't have a life. For all that, though, Alex says that with a little bit of thought, we can all make a significant difference. Alex came into the studio to talk about clothes and fashion, and I began by asking where her interest in this issue began. Well, I loved thrifting as a kid. That's probably where it first started. And I would go to op shops. This was from when I was five or younger. It was not a sustainable thing for me. It was the fact that I could buy incredible things, games, books, clothes for 50 cents. That's where my love of thrifting, um, I guess, grew. And then throughout school, I was really into vintage. And it's quite funny. I went and looked back at um, old photos for the job, the job that I'm working on at the moment. Um, We had to do a flashback to 2006. So I pulled out my 2006 um, photos and was going through them and I quite surprised how much vintage I wore then and even when I was younger. So I think it just came from a point of difference uh, compared to my friends or, you know, what normal teenagers would be wearing. And it really wasn't until I... Became aware, I guess, that the, the Rana Plaza collapse um, in Bangladesh that really brought a lot of uh, attention to the fashion industry and how destructive the fashion industry really is to our people and our planet. The Rana Plaza collapse that Alex references there happened in 2013 in Bangladesh. A building that housed five garment manufacturers suddenly crumbled, killing more than 1,100 workers and injuring another 2,500. But Alex says the problems aren't only offshore. 
there's, there's so many issues that are joined to it. You've got overconsumption, you've got unethically produced, well, too many clothes ending up in landfill. We've got such a high rate of polyester garments, not natural fibres. Fashion now, it comes from all around the world. And I think that's one of the issues is that we're not making our clothes anymore. We don't know the tailor that makes our clothes. It's not a family member that's making our clothes. So it's that kind of disconnect that we have as consumers. That disconnect, Alex says, means the market is more susceptible to exploitation. It's more important now for us as consumers to be more conscious about where our clothes come from. So, yeah, I mean, clothes are coming from all around the world at such a fast rate. Clothes and new ranges are popping into stores weekly or online almost daily. We've learnt this new way of consuming, which is just it's constant and now it's just you can have anything at your fingertips and arrive same day. The average person sees 4,000 to 10,000 ads every single day. I mean, you know, that's including emails on the side of websites, all of that stuff. So, you know, we're bombarded with advertising from blogs, social media, on the back of taxis, buses, and that's a lot. Looking at, you know, what's on trend you may see something that your first instinct it comes out and you go, I would never wear that. Then after a couple of weeks, we start seeing it. Everyday people are wearing it. It's being shown to us on social media and celebrities are wearing it. All of a sudden, over time, we go, oh, actually, I would wear that. I think that's where we get so influenced by others. People are buying clothes and they're wearing them a couple of times and then they're passing them on. The clothes that are being made very cheaply they're, they have inbuilt obsolescence of a couple of wares. Well, as you can hear, the problems are multiple and easy to see. But the solutions? Perhaps not so much. Alex says, though, we all have a role to play and that the best place to start is by looking within at our own values. Values I've got here, uh, so these are things that we uh, think are important. So for someone entering this space uh, I think it's important to start with one. Uh, if you, like myself, I've been conscious about what I'm wearing and where I'm finding my clothes, where I'm purchasing them from, um, I have, you know, quite a few under my belt and I'll become very particular about where I buy from. There are some really uh, stringent uh, certification. So that's looking at clothes that have, uh, that are certified fair trade, that you know that there has been uh, there's a rigorous process of people going to the factories, speaking to garment workers, looking okay. at what's actually occurring, and making sure that they are being paid a living wage. Um, sustainability. So you know if that's what you're focused on, it kind of goes maybe a bit more broader about that's talking about uh, the fibres, what is it made from, are those going to create microfibres, is that product, when it was made, was it, is it made with chemicals that, uh, you know, are toxic? That's kind of, I've, that's only a couple of points on sustainability. But it's also transparency. Are brands telling us the truth? It's trusting that what the information they're giving us is correct, but it's the fact that they're giving us information for us to be able to make an educated decision. Yeah. It could be a brand that's not doing very good, but they're being honest. So I think that's then puts the ball in our court to be able to decide if we want to support mm -hmm. them. Uh, so I think it's, it's vital for all brands 
to be transparent. However, that's difficult because of, of the supply chain. It's um, another value is you know purchasing clothing that's made from natural natural fibers. Maybe you're someone that only wants to purchase items of clothing that have been made locally within Australia, mm-hmm. or you know the maker. So that's another way. If that's what you're really keen on, then we have some great Australian-made product here. We're very fortunate. Um, Melbourne's a, um, a great state. They have a fashion hub and they create a lot in Melbourne. You know, if you're a vegan, you don't want to wear any clothes that have impacted animals, that, you know, so it's uh, wearing – so no, you're not wearing any leather, you're not wearing any silk, you're not wearing wool. So that could result in you maybe only wearing cotton and um, they call it vegan leather, which a lot of the times it can come, it's uh, polyurethane and so it's come from petrol. But there are new advances and it's incredible. They're making textiles out of pineapple and mushrooms. They're using that as well. So I think what's going to happen in the future is it's going to be more readily available for us to purchase and it's less obviously harm to our animals there's brands out there that are creating garments with minimal waste so it's like a zero waste collection they're getting their roll of fabric and they're using every part of it because what happens is with our normal clothes they'll stick the patterns on it and there are you know large chunks of kind of like the negative space of clothing that can just goes into the bin and yeah handcrafted so it's looking at are your clothes being made um, slowly, you know, literally maybe hand-sewn? Um, are those people, do they have the expertise that have been passed down from generations? How long are those items of clothing being, how long do they take to make? And is it, you know, there's machines out there that will put beads on a um, mm-hmm. on fabric, but the handcrafted, someone's hand-beading it and taking that time and, and efforts. Alex says that while making a difference can seem daunting, the best way to start is to find one particular issue that speaks directly to you. We need to start with one issue that you want to tackle first. What really speaks to you? What is your value? Whether it be you not wanting any more um, microfibers going into the ocean. So that means that you're only really wanting to focus on wearing natural fibres. Beyond that, Alex says it's a case of being proactive about the choices that we make. There definitely are options out there. Uh, I think that we all have uh, a way into obtaining a sustainable wardrobe. And I think the first thing that we need to consider is being more conscious about every purchase, about our wardrobe that we currently have and slowing slowing down so being conscious and having more of a mindful approach to our clothing in regards to your wardrobe I think it's knowing what you already have it's also asking yourself do I need more or what do I really need and if I really need something for what duration is it only for one event is it something that you're going to need for years to come and you'll be wearing every single week and within that it's then you start thinking right if if i need something for a long amount of time it needs to have the quality statistics are reflecting that only 20 percent of what's in our closets are being worn so i think part of being conscious about our wardrobe is understanding what we're not wearing 
And what can we do with those pieces that we're not, we're no longer wearing? And why are we no longer wearing it? Is it because we've lost weight? Is it because it's no longer our style? So I think when we start to ask all these questions, we become more conscious about what, who we are as a person, what our style is, why, why we are shopping, why we're consuming. Is it due to like, our emotions? The listeners listening to this podcast, they're becoming more aware. They, yeah. They're going to take away from this and go, right, I'm going to start with number one or I'm going to start with step three. When it comes to buying new clothes, Alex says that looks should only be one part of the decision-making process. It is quality. It's knowing that uh, it's physically putting the garment in your hands, touching the fibres, looking at the seams, pulling at the seams. Um, A lot of our cheaper clothing, and I'm not saying it's only cheap clothing, but in regards to what the price tag actually, a cheap item actually means, is that there's not a lot of thought gone into um, making a garment beyond someone physically making it, but like the tension of the um, the threads, knowing that a garment will last washes. Like our washing machines are quite rough and we wear clothes for, you know, who knows what we do in them. Um, but it's looking at a garment, pulling at the seams, does that look secure? It's also... Asking um, yourself with the fibres or what the the item is actually made from, does that mean it has to be dry cleaned? Um, can you ha- do you have to hand wash it? Do you can you throw it in the washing machine? So it's also looking at your lifestyle. Do those garments work for you? Are those items of clothing do they actually suit your style and who you are? Do they re- represent who you are? Do they make you feel amazing and confident and feel the best? Because I think what happens is. When we choose items that don't represent who we are, we don't wear them. With so many potential issues to consider, buying clothes might seem overwhelming. But as Alex says, there are some credible schemes and initiatives in the marketplace that can help consumers make responsible choices. So there are certifications that I think do a very good job and that we can trust. Um, For example, here in Australia, we have Ethical Clothing uh, Australia. They allow consumers to know that those clothing, the that those items of clothing have been made in an ethical way. We've also got Fair Trade, um, GOTS, which is Global Organic Textile Standard, which is used for a lot of organic fibres. So that's making sure that you can buy something knowing that the whole supply chain has been uh, organic, like created organically. And um, because what happens is when it comes to cotton, you can get – you go to the farmers and you go, okay, that's – that fibre is has been organic. It hasn't been sprayed with pesticides. Um, but then it can be mixed in with other fibres. Um, we've got BCI cotton, which is not as good as organic cotton, but we know that um, it's like the next step up from doing nothing. So it's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, quite a few other certifications that we can trust. But for here in Australia, there's also a great app called uh, Good On You. And this is a really good app you can download. You put in the brands that you love and Mm. it tells you a rating of basically where they sit in the sustainable field. And they tell you what they're doing and maybe what they're not. And then you as the consumer make the decision, do I want to support them? They might not be ticking as far as you want or 
you may, from your research and their help, uh, you see that they're starting and they're really trying and they're wanting to keep going. Buying secondhand is one obvious way to make a positive contribution and while there may have once been a stigma around used clothes, Alex says help has arrived in an unexpected form through technology. I think there's actually been a turning point. Now people through apps, it's incredible. Now you know you can search a brand, you can search a style of um, of clothing and, you know, in, in these apps that, to buy secondhand clothes, you can put a tag on it saying, like, contact me when this sort of thing pops up. So we're so fortunate to be able to have all these different avenues to buy secondhand clothes. So I do think that there has been a shift in people's mindsets. Op shops hold things from last season to decades ago. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what is so exciting because you can go in there and you have so much you have you have an array of different styles shapes fabrics from all these different eras and you get to decide what you want to wear because there's so much choice there it's exciting because we're not dictated by what brands are trying to sell us when you go into an op shop it could be quite overwhelming and one of the tips i'd like to say is to first go in there with an intent of what type of item you're wanting to find you maybe need what you need from your Mm -hmm. wardrobe so you've already gone into your wardrobe and worked out i currently need long sleeve tops so when you go into op shop look at long sleeve tops so then where i'm getting to with these clothes is that once you've got your head around op shops and you feel you're more comfortable in them that don't you should look at the whole shop and don't just shop in, say, women's wear, for example, or, um, you know, cast your eye across the whole store. Look at kids' wear even. Alex says the most effective way to change behaviour is by examining current behaviour, and she has some suggestions for those wanting to improve their fashion footprint. I have questions that I want people to ask themselves when they're looking at their wardrobe or when they're at the shops. So question number one is if you're if you go through your existing wardrobe, I want you to ask yourself, if I was shopping now right now, would I buy this? So basically you're understanding where you're at at this current point in time. And if the answer if you said yes, great, it should be staying in your wardrobe. If the answer is no, I want you to remember back to when and why you bought it. Were you influenced by others? Was it trends? Were you in a particular emotional state then? Could I create this look with what I already own? So this is looking at what's on the runways, what other people are wearing that you're loving and lusting over and wanting to go buy. I'm sure that majority of that whole look or that outfit that you're able to recreate with what you already have. Break that outfit down. Is it the colour? Is it the shape? Is it the items of clothing? I'm pretty certain you could almost make it um, at home. How many items can I wear with this? This is when you're at the shops and you're looking at a new piece that you want to bring home. So looking at that one item, can you mix and match that with multiple items in your wardrobe, existing items? Because what's that, that, what that mean, is meaning is it fits in with your aesthetic and style and you will be comfortable to pull that out and wear it multiple times, uh, which leads me to, will I wear this at least 30 times? 
And uh, Livia Firth came up with this number. I think it's a great, it can be more than that, um, but I think 30 is a good place to start. And it's knowing that you are putting the effort in and you're taking something home to know if that you that you you're saying to yourself, yes, I'm going to wear it that many times. You're dedicating yourself to it. Why am I shopping? I mentioned this before. Are you stressed, bored, happy or sad? Um, we often shop to fill a void. Uh, it makes us feel better or, um, you know, it's a time of celebration. Often when we do this, we buy what we don't need. We buy excess. Um, it may be on sale or it's just really cheap and it's, we keep coming back to this. It's so important to buy with intent. And one last question is, would I be willing to wait for this? And I think when we're out at the shops and you see something that you, in quotation marks, say love, if it's something that you truly love, you would be prepared to wait for it until you could either afford it or just simply walking away and waiting for it. Waiting. Wait till next week. Yeah, why do you have to have it right now? What are you trying to... What are you trying to fill? And um, one of, yeah, are you wanting instant gratification? Thanks for taking some time. This has been a real pleasure to have a chat to you. Thanks so much, Rob. So much to think about from that discussion with Alex, but most importantly, some excellent tips on how with not a lot of effort, we can all be a part of real and lasting positive change. If you are interested in exploring this topic further, there is a wealth of information available online, including several resources that Alex already mentioned. A good starters guide would include fashionrevolution.org, a website started to commemorate the Rana Plaza collapse. The Ethical Fashion Guide allows you to search brands by name and see their ethical rating on a simple A to F scale. The Good On You app that Alex specifically mentioned has a range of features that allow you to check a brand's sustainability rating with the added benefit of an extensive Australian-specific section. And the Fair Trade Association of Australia and New Zealand is also an excellent resource. They cover fashion, but many other industries and trades where ethical production is an issue. Links to all of those resources can be found in the show notes attached to this episode. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please make sure to download the other episodes in the Live Well Sustainability podcast series. We've covered topics including bush care, sustainability at home, e-bikes and sustainable cooking. You can find links to each of those episodes on the Willoughby City Council website or by searching Live Well Sustainability in your favourite podcast app. The Live Well Sustainability Podcast is part of Willoughby City Council's Live Well in Willoughby environmental education campaign. To find out more about how you can live a more sustainable life, head to the Council's website and search Live Well.